There are five current Reds on the roster that will be here when the Reds are good again in 2024. We'll tell you who those five are, and we'll tell you who likely will not be here on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we are free and available on all platforms where you get your podcasts, including YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr. And we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. And we have taken that passion and turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to take a look at the players on the roster that we think will still be part of this team when the magical year of 2024 arrives. We will also tell you who's on the bubble and who doesn't stand a chance of still being here when that time of competitiveness arrives. Uh, Jeff, I think probably the best place to start will be with the guys that we know, or at least we think we know, barring injury or trade, will still be around when 2024 arrives. Yeah, Steve, that is the important thing here. We're not going to really jump too far into like how we're going to predict health or things like that. This is assuming everyone is healthy. And when it comes to the certainty tier, the Reds who are certain to be here, I'm going to call it the Hunter Green tier. Because Hunter Green is definitely going to be here, like 100%, especially, you know, uh, if we're if we're throwing the possibility of injury out the window here, I'm thinking all things being equal, everyone being healthy, Hunter Green, 100% chance he's going to be here. This dude is the future of the franchise. He is the guy who is going to be the ace of this staff. Now, we can talk about a couple of things, and this is something that we'll kind of dive into on some later episodes this week, but there are some things he needs to do to get there. He's not there yet, but... He is for sure the ace of the staff in the future. Well, I'm going to throw you a curveball right now because I don't know that that's true. I think there's a there's a three-headed race into 2024, and a lot can happen between now and then. But there's two other names on this list that I think would look you in your eye and tell you, wait a minute, don't forget about me when you're talking about who the ace of this team is going to be in 2024. Uh, I think the, the very next guy on the list, uh, and again, we're not playing the injury roulette game, but let's talk about Nick Lodolo for a minute because all as he did while he was pitching was get better every time out. Now, obviously, the back injury set him back just a little bit but this is a player that was going out and showing that he can make the adjustments to improve and continue to get major league hitters out and that's without having to worry about adding another pitch or figuring out what was wrong with his arsenal he was going out and learning how to pitch to these guys so i would be interested to see how this one two battle plays out when they're both healthy and pitching at the same time and then maybe how the third guy who's coming up here in just a minute might factor into saying hey don't forget about me. I've got some skills as well. Yeah, I definitely find it interesting because Nick Lodolo came into this season, I think, already with a higher floor than Hunter Green has. This question of the ceiling for me is I still think that Hunter Green has a higher ceiling. But I agree with you. This next dude does have an argument, and that's Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft has shown 
very, I mean, very, very tiny sample size, and we'll get to see him pitch tomorrow against the Washington Nationals. But in a very tiny two-start sample size, I really like what I've seen. You see the talent. You see the pitch mix. He's able to really kind of weave that cutter in and out and get the slider to just absolutely wipe out dudes at the plate. And I think that Graham Ashcraft definitely does have an argument. I I think that at the end of the day, I still would put my money on Hunter Green. But you're right. It's not as... It's not as if it's Hunter Green and a bunch of dudes. There are some bona fide aces of the staff here in Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft that any other team in the league would be absolutely happy to count on for their future roster. I think Graham Ashcraft is a very interesting case. So one of the things we learned in our conversation with Spencer Stockton uh, while he was pitching for Dayton was the difference that uh, it made to the individual pitchers as the the minor league system overhauled how they were teaching pitchers to pitch and the the unification of uh, the pitching philosophy and how the Reds were going to do things. And Graham Ashcraft is really the first pitcher to arrive on the scene that is a benefit of that. And, you know, all as he's done since the Reds overhauled their system and, and, and employed a more analytical approach is get it better. That's all that he's done since that has happened. He's gotten better, he's improved, and he's improved rapidly. So I think for him, he's really going to be a fun pitcher to watch here at the big league level and see just how much more of that growth is in his tank. You know, do I think he'll be the ace? I think he's the longest shot of those three guys to be the ace. Uh, I think what's probably the most realistic and the funnest to think about is that really we'll have ace A and ace B in Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green, as well as some of these amazing arms that are working in their way through the system to go along with Graham Ashcraft and have a very formidable rotation. I think that's the best case scenario. But it's really fun to think about and speculate about just what the pecking order will be uh, because I I think it could be a a 1A, 1B horse race between Lodolo and Green. That's And it's a lot of fun to think about the challenge that uh, Derek Johnson's going to have. We always talk about Derek Johnson and his ability to take broken glass and turn it into a stained glass window when it comes to what the front office has given him to work with. Now they're handing him some Cadillacs and saying, you turn this thing into a bona fide, just absolute machine. And he's got he's going to have a lot of fun with the guys that he has to work with in this pitching staff. Now, we talked about three pitchers, Steve. There's two position players that I think everybody agrees will be here in 2024. And I think that it's one dude is a little bit more certain in my mind. Now, whether or not he is playing the position that he's currently in, that's up for a debate. But the fact that Tyler Stevenson will be on the 2024 roster, I don't think there's much debate there. I think that he is as close to a 100% certainty as there is on any of these position players. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, well, let's just not tiptoe around it. You and I have talked about it on a past episode. Uh, it is my firm belief that they, uh, before 2024, need to start making uh, preparations to get Tyler Stevenson out from behind the plate. I do believe that he is the Cincinnati Reds' first baseman of the future. I think that you do that not only for the reasons bantered about with let's protect his knees, let's keep his bat in the lineup longer. All those things, they're true. It's great. Uh, but you don't move a potential all-star catcher just based on those things alone. Uh, what still concerns me is the number of concussions that Tyler Stevenson has had. And I think to pro- prolong his overall playing career and protect his health, the smartest things that the Reds can do is get him moved, get him comfortable at first base, and make way for one of uh, the young catchers coming up through the system like uh, Daniel uh, 
Beloheen and uh, Nelson Matt down Nelson. in Dayton. Yeah. yeah, Matt Nelson. Looking forward to seeing him. He, he's he got to grow a little bit when it comes to pitch recognition, things like that. But that's for a conversation with uh, Tom Nichols here coming up uh, maybe next week or so. But there's one other guy in this, and there's going to be lots of conversations that we will have about Jonathan India. And right now he's not on the roster. He's hurt. I understand this, but it's a very certain thing that he will be here in 2024 in my mind. Simply put, there's uh, there's this discussion around will they be able to sign him? Will they sign him long term? I think they will get some kind of deal done that's a la Rysel Iglesias. I know you love remembering Rysel Iglesias, but I think that they're going to buy out some arbitration years. I think they might buy out a couple of free agent years. I'm not talking about like a 10-year deal. I don't think the Reds are going to do that anymore, but I think they can sign him to maybe a three, four, five-year extension before 2024 and keep him on this roster, at least at a price point that they can stomach I don't really want to get into all of that, but I think that the biggest question will be whether or not that deal gets done. Even if it doesn't, though, I still think he's here in 2024. Yeah, I think 2024 is the magic number year for Jonathan India. Either what you just described is going to have to happen or 2024 will also be when they have to get serious about the possibility of flipping Jonathan India for prospects. Because if we are to take the Castellinis at their word, and I know that is a very loaded statement, but if 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 they are truly going to from now on try to follow the Tampa model where they're going to develop young talent and they're going to flip it for more young talent and the list goes on and on, then when you reach 2024 with Jonathan India, you either have to know that you have him affordably for three or four more years, or you have to begin to look to flip him for the next Jonathan India and the next batch of prospects. So I think that uh, 2024 surrounding Jonathan India is going to make for very interesting conversation, but he is certain to be here at the start of that season. And those negotiations for the contract extension that I was kind of throwing out there will be very interesting because the Reds have a lot of middle infield talent coming up through the system. So it's not as if Jonathan India kind of has them where he wants them as far as contract negotiations go. That could be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think it's clear to us, Steve, we've got a lot of the core of the next great Reds team here in the majors right now. Okay, not a lot. We have a few. We have a few. I said a lot. We have a few uh, pieces here in the majors already. But with only five players in this top tier of certainty, much of the roster is a coin flip or worse to still be here in 2024. We'll tell you why after I tell you why you don't want your next uh, jewelry piece to be a coin flip and the best place to not do that is BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. You can build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring each ring is one of a kind. And if you're looking for fine jewelry to celebrate a special moment, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile can help. They have jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. 
Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Reds listeners get $50 off $500 with the promo code LOCKEDON. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast as Locked On Now covers the Major League Baseball season like no other podcast network can because they've got local analysis from experts just like Steve and myself for every single game. That's Locked On Now, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Also, make sure you're following the podcast on all platforms and right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, make sure you hit subscribe and you have your notifications turned on so that whenever we have some new videos in your feed, you're going to be all over it. Make sure that uh, you don't miss tomorrow. Tomorrow, we are going to have a nice crossover. We're going to break down this uh, two-game series at Fenway. We're going to break down the Reds finally breaking down the barrier of winning at Fenway. Not as if they play there a lot, but yeah, I'm wearing this t-shirt because this was the logo the last time they won at Fenway Ballpark. And uh, Steve, you might remember that game. That was, uh, you know... Game seven? No, I, think, uh, I don't remember that game. I wasn't well, I alive. Might, I, don't know. I wasn't alive for that game. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I think we all remember when we watch like old videos and stuff like that. All but hey, right. I'm sure there's plenty of Reds fans out there. Wa- you know that still still love that team. Uh, let's talk about some coin flip players, Steve, because we talked about five guys who are a certainty, five guys who are going to be here whenever the Reds are good again. Now let's jump into the tier of players that I, I'd say their chances of being on this roster somewhere between 40 and like just under 70% chance. I'm going to start here with a guy that I think might surprise some people simply because we just haven't seen a lot of him, but I think that he's got a shot to be here. And that is Alejo Lopez. I give him better than a 60% chance to be on the bench of the roster in 2024. You know, I think that's probably a pretty safe bet. Uh, For me, his ability to play multiple positions, a switch hitter, uh, he's been making good contact in in the limited, limited opportunities that he's getting right now. Uh, I think that he could be one of the candidates to stick around, especially uh, considering some of the players that we think aren't going to be here uh, that we're going to talk about in the next segment. I think it makes a spot for a valuable utility guy that we don't just see anywhere else in the system right now, uh, filling that particular void that will be left. So I think Lopez has a good shot at still being around he's young he'll be pretty inexpensive and he's going to be the type of player that uh, the castellinis are going to want to keep on this roster uh keeping costs down and and helping uh at least add some depth along the way as well yeah his versatility is key in this especially with the switch hitting because you're talking about a guy that doesn't necessarily have to worry about platoon splits i'm sure he's a little bit better but still when you're looking at this yeah the power's not quite there but he's a dude that's going to get on base for you with the contact and we've seen him in a pinch run roll which will be a nice little niche for him to have for 2024 because there's going to be a lot of dudes on this roster that 
I think are solid bets to start and you're going to need those guys that it's like this guy is your role player utility player I think Alejo Lopez fits that mold and like you said keyword um, cost effective next dude uh, this guy's interesting and, and we'll talk and we're going to talk a lot about him not only just for 2024 but for 2023 to be honest with you and I put him in here because I still think he's got a shot. I, I don't think that he belongs in the lower tier right now. I think he's got a 50-50 shot, and that's Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel, as of late, unfortunately, that four-hit day that he had there on the just offensive explosion of 20 runs really hasn't carried over. He's kind of went back into a little mini slump. But I still think he's got a shot if he can put together something here for the rest of the season. Yeah, the the thing with Senzel is at the end of the day, whether Senzel is here in 2024 or not is solely dependent on his ability to finally become something close to who we thought he was going to be. Uh, That's going to start with his health. That's going to start with him staying on the field for an extended period of time. And that's not something he has been able to show us yet. So uh, of all the players we talk about today, I think for me, he's the biggest question mark. He is the one that you can't really say one way or the other, because the things that we're waiting to see from him are things that you can't project. You can't project his health and things that really he doesn't have a whole lot of control over either because, you know, as much as we like to think, oh, he's people will comment. He's made of glass. He's this. He's that. At the end of the day, he can't control whether or not he gets hurt. And we love it when he goes out and hustles and plays hard and dives and catches the ball and crashes in the wall. We love all those things. We love when he goes out there with that kind of hustle. But those are also the same things that lead to him being injured and out of the lineup. So uh, for me, he is the hardest one to really put a figure on. And I think 50 50 uh, could maybe even be a generous uh, projection at this point because I think the odds are starting to to be stacked against him when you take all of those factors into account. That is true. His his production has just been very mind-boggling here recently. He just he has not latched on to success like I thought he would after that forehead day. Uh, there's one other guy on this on this group of players that I want to talk about. And we mentioned, too, by the way, talked about um, some guys that are really hard to project. There's a group of players that we're not projecting at all, and that's relief pitchers. Relief pitchers are impossible. I'm not going to – I don't even know who's going to be here next year, let alone who's going to be here in 2024. So much I love Alexis Diaz, there is nothing more fickle in the game of baseball than relief pitching. So – we're kind of staying away from projecting who the relief pitchers are going to be in 2024. Yeah, if there's somebody out there right now that can project what this bullpen is going to look like accurately, could you please send your resume over to uh, <laughs> the Reds front office? Because we need you. Yeah, that's the next uh, money ball. And, and I don't think that anyone's actually going to crack that egg. So, it's, you know, go for it if you want to try. But nobody's done that yet. I, that that's you know even I mean I always use the example of Eric Gagne. Eric Gagne has the longest streak of saves and or you know converted saves in a row, and then immediately after that streak ended, he became unpitchable, like just completely not even worth throwing out of the mound. So anyway, yeah, relief pitching and very fickle thing. This one and, and we talked about um, a little bit before we started recording. You and I, Joey Votto, in the coin flip category for me. Because I think that there is still 
a way that the Reds pick up his option. Now, his contract is over after 2023. There is a team option for 2024. The words team option in recent years have meant, you know, he's going to be free agent when you're talking about the Cincinnati Reds. I still think that there's a chance that they pick that option up, but I'm putting it at less than 50%. I think it's probably like a 40% chance that he's going to be here in 2024. You know, I really struggled with this one. And in fact, when you and I were talking off air, laying out these segments, I felt like Joey Votto should be in the no chance category. Um, And we went back and forth on that. And it really boils down to this for Joey Votto to still be on this team in 2024, for him to have the Reds pick up that option. He is going to have to perform at a level that makes it impossible for them to not do it. And given what we've seen this season, and listen, I know we have all learned to not doubt Joey Votto, but he's going to have to perform at probably 40% above league average in order to force their hand enough to spend that kind of money and pick up that option. And that is not something that I'm certain he can do for three more seasons. I just, it seems like a big ask. I think what's much more likely is that they will politely decline his option for 2024 and Joey Votto will go off into retirement. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about Joey Votto retiring. I'm going to be an emotional wreck whenever that happens. I just, just know that that podcast that day, whenever Joey retires, there's going to be a lot of tissues. I'm going to need a tissue sponsor for that podcast. I really am. <laughs> um, but, you know, Steve, there, there are a number of players either making their way through the minors and coming up, you know, getting closer to the major leagues, or there's a number of players that are currently on the injured list that we're just not currently touching on. Next Tuesday, we'll give you who we think the core of the team of 2024 will be. We will dive into that group of players as we look at the core of who 2024 could be next Tuesday. But right now, not really touching on those guys. That's right. You know, coming up, Jeff and I are going to tell you a few names of players that you can bet will not be here in 2024. And if you want to learn what else you should be betting on, head over to betonline.net. In case you're interested, the next series opening at Great American Ballpark, the Reds are favored with Graham Ashcraft on the hill over at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net has them currently at negative 124. So they are predicting that the Reds will win that series opener with Graham Ashcraft on the mound. Our partners at BetOnline.net continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest odds, the latest news, and all sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, news, and notes. Uh, They've got you covered for fights and even some futures for the upcoming NFL season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs to esports and much, much more. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, make sure you have subscribed to the show on YouTube. There is bonus content coming over there all the time with the video feed only. So make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss 
any of that stuff. I still have my current uh, interview with Spencer Stockton up over there. If you have not seen it yet, go check it out. Uh, he got promoted from Dayton to Chattanooga just after we did this interview. There's lots of insight about how the Reds are running the farm system and how pitched, pitchers have benefited from the overhaul in the, the structure of that farm system. All right, Jeff, we're going to have to talk about something that for some of these players is going to make us sad. For some of these players, it's going to make us happy. But overall, what the end result is going to be is all of these players are going to be gone before we reach 2024. Yeah, we're really only going to talk about one player that has even a snowball's chance and and H-E double hockey sticks uh, to even be here in 2024. But we're going to start with a couple of guys that ain't going to be here. And the reason that uh, I've looked at this tier and I've named it the Mike Mustakas tier because the Moose is going to be here. And in fact, Moose is a part of a group of players in here that remember that car that you had that just got you from a to b that that car that really you didn't want other people to see but you were happy it wasn't dead that's kind of how this roster feels steve and i don't mean to be like super negative about any of the players on this roster but there's a reason that we've got a lot of dudes in this long shot to no shot category because they're just this roster's just getting us there. It's just getting us to 2024, and Moose that, is the first dude on this list. That car is named Jeff, right? Is that the? <laughs> Sorry, oh. I couldn't resist. I couldn't help it. You, you, you just you lobbed it right up there for me anyway sorry yeah no mike moustakis is definitely going to be the first guy out the door as soon as his contract's up one he's not performing well enough for the reds to move that contract to anywhere else unless we're talking about a suarez winker type trade where they package him with somebody just to save the 16 million dollars next season barring that and god help if they didn't learn from their mistake this time. Um, barring that, Moustakis is going to ride out his contract here in Cincinnati, and that's probably going to be the end of his baseball days. You know, Maybe somebody takes a flyer on him on a super team-friendly deal for one more summer in the sun, but I really don't see that happening. With the way that he moves now on the field, he would have to be – uh, exclusively a DH for somebody. And, you know, those numbers really just aren't there. So I think that Mike Moustakis has a couple more years of making some money as a professional baseball player. And then he's going to be wheelchaired off into the sunset. Yeah. Cause he's currently, I mean, he got a hit last night, but he's mired in one, one heck of a slump as well. Another guy that I don't think is going to be here. And this is a name that I think a lot of people would like to see stick around because he's done some nice things here ever since coming over as a waiver wire edition from the guardians. And that is Tylen Aquin. I don't even think he has an above a, 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 a greater than zero chance to be here. I think that he moves on and, you know, maybe the Reds trade him. Maybe he is a guy that gets moved here at the deadline this year, but I don't see him in a Reds uniform in 2024. Yeah, and let's not forget, there's a lot of pieces coming, and, and there's a lot of infield pieces that someone, some of them are going to have to learn to play elsewhere. That's just the bottom line. Between the arrival of Reese Hines, who will probably be in right field, and one of those pieces that are going to have to become an outfielder in order to get any playing time at all, I think guys like Naquin become expendable. You can flip him for something in return that could develop over the next two or three seasons. I could see them making that move. I could see somebody wanting to take him on uh, that's in a playoff put 
push uh, to run him out there against right-handed pitching. So he does have some value right now, and it's not unrealistic to think the Reds might trade him. Uh, but I think you're right. As far as him sticking around and being here for the arrival of this 2024 core of competitiveness, nah, he's not going to be here. He would simply either have to be uh, a last man on the bench, which I don't think he will be, or, or he'll have to just be gone. And I think that that's what will happen. Yeah, and, and and that'll be an interesting trade. I think that they, I, I'm with you. I think they could get something for Tylen Aquin, a guy that I hope. Uh, let's put it this way: I don't even know that he's going to be here in September of 2022, let alone be here in 2024. And that's Tommy Pham. Uh, he's just trying to not get slapped. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Hold, hold, uh, block it, block the slap right block here. It, I, block it, defensive and, pose, and and really. Steve, the dude's got to bring out Mike Trout's name. Like, is he looking to create a story that's like clickbait or something? He's like, I got to throw out like a name that's going to get clicks here because he called out Mike Trout for being a bad fantasy football. I've never heard a baseball player talk so much about fantasy football. I told you the other day that this felt very Antonio Brown and it continues (laughs) to feel very Antonio Brown to the point where I said, you know, fam has us in a position because we're shorthanded and we need him. I want them to trade him yesterday. I, you know, this team is enough of a circus without a selfish player going out and making it more of a circus. And Tommy fam did that and then doubled down on it. And now you're bringing in greats of the game. Currently, you're going to talk about Mike Trout and make Mike Trout have to field questions about your ridiculous slap of a player for something that occurred nine months ago to disparage a team that you don't even play for. Uh, Tommy fam will not only not be here in 2024, he won't be here in 2023 and, and hopefully he's not here for much longer of 2022. I, I just find it hilarious. Like what's what next The like Shohei Otani take the last wing at the draft. Did Aaron Judge like spill Tommy Pham's drink or something? I, I don't know. We're gonna just continue to hear a bunch of ridiculousness. And and he's been out of the lineup the last two days with a calf injury. I don't think it's a calf injury. You know, I think the that only thing missing here. Yep. The only thing missing here is him telling some other baseball player to get his draft picks name out of his mouth. That's the only part of this that hasn't occurred yet. It's ridiculous. It's childish. It is so immature and it just needs to be over. Oh, well, there's a, there's a whole group. I mean, Albert Armora, Brandon Jury, Matt Reynolds, Armas Garcia, Aristides Kino. Any of these guys sticking around for you? Yeah, you know, the thing with all of those players is they were all brought to Cincinnati to fill gaps between now and the arrival of these guys we're talking about for 2024. So, yeah. you know, could it feasibly one of those names you just mentioned maybe uh, still stick around and, and fill a utility role, a backup role, a depth role? Maybe. It's it's a less than zero chance, as you like to say. However, I don't think that it's likely. I think that by the time this core gets here, uh, of this core of starters, it will be time to go out and get younger, newer depth players. And it won't be these guys. These guys will have moved on already. I agree. And I think that, you know, without being too, like, I don't want to make it seem like we're being disrespectful to these guys. These guys are continuing their major league career, and the Reds kind of gave them an extended audition to see if they can latch on somewhere else whenever 2024 does come around. But overall, yeah, I, I don't see I don't see that really being a huge thing for uh, any of these guys. The one guy, and I teased this at the beginning of the segment, 
who's got a better than zero chance of being here is Kyle Farmer. I, I think that there's a chance, not a starter. He's not going to be a starting shortstop. He's not going to be, he's not going to be starting over LA de la Cruz. He's not going to be starting over Matt McClain. He's not going to be starting over Jose Torres. He's not going to be starting over Jose Barrero, but he might be here. He could be back in that super utility spot, but at that point, he's going to be what about mid thirties there. So I, I, I don't necessarily know. I think it's better than zero. It's less than 10. You know, rationally looking at this, realistically looking at this, you would want to say, there's no way Kyle Farmer is part of this team in 2024. That being said, the handling of Kyle Farmer thus far has not been realistic and it's not been rational. And there is a, there's a very, you know, cult-like following surrounding Kyle Farmer that makes me give you the non-zero chance nod to say maybe he'll still be here but i think realistically though he'll be another one of these guys that will have maybe moved on for one more summer in the sunshine to to pick up a contract and help another team Uh, i don't see that he'll still be here uh, when they're trying to get this young core in place and again having so many players in this young core that not all of them are going to be able to be starters at their natural position people are going to have to move around it's going to be a plug and play type of thing and i just don't think kyle farmer fits into that so to me it, it sounds like you're you're just trying to appease the farmers only stands and making sure that they don't come after you here no i'm with i think that there's yeah, like a stay out of my mention <laughs> <laughs> this is like a tiny little shot a tiny little shot better than zero shot that Kyle Farmer's here, but no, I, I, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys. And that's the, that's the encouraging thing that there's a lot of dudes on the way because much of this roster is made up of get me there players. Like, I mean, basically we're saying is the reds are trying to field a roster and they're just trying to not show up and being like our team's on the field and they have like, you know, five guys or whatever. Well, yeah, you know and what? some of these and some of these guys have have performed admirably. Listen, no yeah. we have nobody expected to get out of Matt Reynolds what we're getting out of Matt Reynolds right now. Nobody expected for Drury to be what Drury is right now. Nobody thought these guys, well one, nobody thought Reynolds would be on the team and two, nobody thought Drury would get as much playing time as he's getting. So they've they've made the most of their opportunities and I think it's going to earn them contracts elsewhere. This is nothing bad against them. This is just an exercise where we've talked about Jeff, you know, 2024 is coming. There's something to be excited about. And meanwhile, the product that's on the field right now has not been the greatest at certain times. And I think the whole point of today's episode and this continued look at 2024 as we move forward and get closer to it is to remind everyone listening, including me and you, that there is hope. There are bright spots and the talent is coming. And we're not talking about a long, long way away. We're talking about two years. Two years. Give them two years. I think that's a good spot to end it here, Steve. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast and making us your first listen. Now, check out the Locked On MLB podcast as Sully has you covered on all things Major League Baseball, both past and present. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, the Reds are continuing. Hey, they got a winning May. They have the second worst record, no longer the worst record, the second worst record in Major League Baseball, and they're creeping up on the Cubs in the Central. What's that mean for everybody when they're talking about locked on Reds? They can count on us to be on top of willing this team to 74 wins 
every single day. 